Greetings and welcome back to the broadcast. I'm Sean. Website can be found at scriptureandprophecy.com. Today we are resuming our study in the Gospel according to Mark. We're ready for chapters 4 and 5 today. Now chapter 4 is the famous parable of the sower. And the beautiful thing about this parable is that Jesus goes on to explain in detail to his disciples what exactly the parable means. So there's really no room for debate or anything like that. It's very, very clear. Jesus paints a very clear, very clear picture of what's being dealt with there. And uh, it's a very, very important parable. Um, And we just really see... uh, I mean, quite frankly, we see it playing out uh, in real time, in real life, amongst Christians and people around us. Uh, So that's what we're going to be getting into today. I just want to take a minute and just thank all of you for really providing me this privilege uh, to be able to do this work, to be able to read this, uh, read the Bible, you know, several times a week and, and, uh, you know, it gives me great purpose, and it's it's there's just so much about it, and I'm just extremely grateful for that. So thank you for listening and supporting it and praying for it. Um, I'm very, very, very grateful. With that said, uh, let's delay no longer, and let's dig in. We're going to read Mark 4 and 5, King James Bible, this morning. Let's begin. Verse 1. And he began again to teach by the seaside, and it was gathered unto him a great multitude. So they entered into a ship and sat in the sea, and a whole multitude by the sea on the land. And he taught them many things by parables, and he said unto them this doctrine, Hearken, behold, there went out a sower to sow. And it came to pass, as he sowed, some fell by the wayside, and the fowls of the air came and devoured it up. And some fell on stony ground, where it had not much earth, and it immediately sprang up, because it had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, it was scorched, and because it had no root, it withered away. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no fruit. And other fell on good ground, and did yield fruit that sprang up and increased, and brought forth some thirty, some sixty, and some a hundred. And he said unto them, He that hath ears to hear, let him hear. And when he was alone, they that were about him with the twelve asked him of the parable. And he said unto them, Unto you it is given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God, but unto them that are without, all these things are done in parables, that seeing they may see and not perceive, and hearing they may hear and not understand, lest at any time they should be converted and their sins should be forgiven them. And he said unto them, Know ye not this parable? And how then will you know all parables? The sower soweth the word. All right, please note for a second, I'm going to kind of just commentate and give 
some explanation of his explanation. So the first thing he says to explain this parable to his disciples, verse 14, is he tells them what the, who the sower is. So the sower soweth the word. So right now, when I'm reading this word, reading God's word, and it goes out around the world, people who hear it, that's me sowing, right? So in this instance, I would be a sower of the word. Same thing with you when you share the word with with a coworker, with a loved one, with a friend. When you share what God's word says, you're sowing seed, right? You're throwing that seed out there, the word of God. Okay? Verse 15. And there are they by the wayside where the word is sown. But when they have heard, Satan cometh immediately and taketh away the word that was sown in their hearts. So that's the first part, right? The first part was that some of the seed fell by the wayside and the fowls of the air devoured it up. So it never even got to never even got to become a plant or even attempt to grow, right? Like Satan comes and steals it right away. That's what Jesus is saying. So the fowls of the air who take the seed represent Satan. Verse 16. And these are they likewise which are sown on stony ground who, when they have heard the word, immediately receive it with gladness, and have no root in themselves, and so endure but for a time. Afterward, when affliction or persecution arises for the word's sake, immediately they are offended. Now these are quite common. So you have, these, you have people who hear the word, they get really, really excited about it. It's like they're on fire for God, but it's a, it's, but they, they're not rooted in it, right? Like they're not grounded. It's, it's only for a short time because the, the minute that that trouble comes, or things aren't going their way, or worse yet, any type of affliction or persecution or opposition comes for the sake of the word, meaning the minute they have to pay any kind of a price to follow Jesus. They fall away, right? That's what he means by the, the seed fell on stony ground and it sprang up really fast, but because there was no depth, there was no depth of earth, there was no root, as soon as the sun comes out, it was scorched and it died. Continue on. Verse 18. And these are they which are sown among thorns, such as hear the word and the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches, and the lust of other things entering in, choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. Now, I would argue that this is the most common issue that happens, at least here in the Western world, in Western civilization. It's not, the, it's not like the per persecution and the opposition as much as... This to me, it's this one. This is the one I see the most, and that's where Jesus says the you know some fell among thorns, and the thorn grew up and choked it, and it yielded no fruit. So many people hear the word, but they don't bear any fruit because they're too concerned. They're too wrapped up in the cares of this world. There's just too many distractions for them. Too many things. He says the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches. 
and the lust of other things entering in choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. People can't be fruitful, produce fruit, you know, several times over. They can't be bothered to be sowers and to do anything for the kingdom of God because they're just too concerned about the world or concerned what other people might think or, or what have you. Continuing on, verse 20, And these are they which are sown on good ground, such as hear the word, receive it, and bring forth fruit, some thirty, some sixty, and some a hundred. And he said unto them, Is a candle brought to be put under a bushel, or under a bed, and not to be set on a candlestick? For there is nothing hid which shall not be manifested, neither was anything kept secret, but that it should become abroad. If any man have ears to hear, let him hear. And he said unto them, Take heed what you hear, with what measure you meet, it shall be measured to you. And unto you that hear shall more be given, for he that hath to him shall be given, and he that hath not from him shall be taken, even that which he hath. And he said, So is the kingdom of God, as if a man should cast seed into the ground, and should sleep and rise night and day, and the seed should spring up and grow up, he knoweth not how. For the earth bringeth forth fruit of herself, first the blade, then the ear, after that the full corn in the ear. But when the fruit is brought forth, immediately he putteth in the sickle, because the harvest is come. And he said, Whereunto shall we liken the kingdom of God, or with what comparison shall we compare it? It is like a grain of mustard seed, which when it is sown in the earth is less than all the seeds that be in the earth. But when it is sown, it groweth up and becometh greater than all herbs, and shooteth out great branches, so that the fowls of the air may lodge under the shadow of it. And with many such parables spake he the word unto them, as they were able to hear it. But without a parable spake he not unto them. And when they were alone, he expounded all things to his disciples. And the same day, when the even was come, he saith unto them, Let us pass over unto the other side. And when they sent away the multitude, they took him even as he was in the ship. And there was also with him other little ships, and there arose a great storm of wind and waves beat unto the ship so that it was now full. And he was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on a pillow. And they awakened him and say unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? And he arose and he rebuked the wind and he said unto the sea, Peace be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. And he said unto them, Why are ye so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said one to another, What manner of man is this, that even the wind and the sea obey him? Chapter 5 And they came over unto the other side of the sea into a country of Gardarin, of Gardarinus. And when he was come out of the ship, immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit who had his dwelling among the tombs, and no man could bind him, no, not with chains. Because he that had been often bound with fetters and chains, and the chains, and he plucked asunder by him, 
and the feathers broken in pieces, neither could any man take him. And always, night and day, he was in the mountains and in the tombs, crying and cutting himself with stones. But when he saw Jesus afar off, he ran and worshipped him, and he cried with a loud voice and said, What have I to do with thee, Jesus, thou Son of the Most High God? I adjure thee by God that thou torment me not. For he said unto him, Come out of the man, thou unclean spirit. And he asked him, What is thy name? And he answered, saying, My name is Legion, for we are many. And besought him much that he would not send them away out of the country. Now there was nigh unto the mountains a great herd of swine feeding. And all the devils besought him, saying, Send us into the swine, that we may enter into them. And forthwith Jesus gave them leave, and the unclean spirits went out and entered into the swine. And the herd ran violently down a steep place into the sea. They were about two thousand, and were choked in the sea. And they that fed the swine fled and told it to the city and the country. And they went out to see what it was that was done. And they come to Jesus and see him that the, see him with the possessed, see him and the man possessed with the devil, and had the legion sitting and clothed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. And they they that saw it told them how it befell him, that he was possessed with the devil, and also concerning the swine, and they began to pray and to for him to depart out of their coast, and when he was come into the ship. He that had been possessed with the devil prayed him that he might be with him. Howbeit, Jesus suffered him not, but saith unto him, Go home to thy friends, and tell them how great things the Lord hath done for thee, and hath had compassion on thee. And he departed and began to publish in Decapolis how great things Jesus had done for him. And all the men did marvel. So let's pause for a moment. You have this guy who's possessed by devils, wandering the tombs and the mountains, cutting himself with stones. He can't be bound up because he just breaks the chains. As soon as he sees Jesus, he runs to Jesus and starts worshiping him and falls on his face, identifies Jesus as the Son of God because the devils are in him and they know who Jesus is. Interesting, this man was not possessed by one, but was possessed by many unclean spirits. And then they uh, ask him if he's come to torture them, because they know that's the end game, right? Is that they will be cast into lake of fire. And then they ask Jesus to send them into the pigs, because he had told them to come out of the man. So it's just interesting that, one, that many devils would possess a person, and two, that these unclean, unclean spirits can also enter into animals. I find that interesting. And then the townspeople come and they see the man in his right mind, and obviously they're in a panic. All the livestock is now dead, you know, and now you know, they're just freaked out by this. They want Jesus to leave. Here's another thing that's interesting to note. Usually when Jesus heals a person or helps a person, he tells them to be quiet about it. Don't go telling other people. But this particular man, he says, no, you can't come with me, but go and tell your friends and, and the people in the city what God has done for you. 
And it may be that because Jesus wasn't sticking around that area, he had the man go ahead and be vocal about what had happened. Whereas in other places where he's going to be a while, he can't have it all. He can't have it going around everywhere, or he'll be mobbed constantly. So just just interesting thing to note. All right, we're about done with our study. We're going to read about how Jesus heals the woman with the issue of blood and raises the daughter of a man named Jairus, and we'll be finished here. So about 15 more verses or so to go. Let's continue on. And when Jesus was passed over again by ship unto the other side, much people gathered unto him, and he was nigh unto the sea. And behold, there cometh one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus, by name. And when he saw him, he fell at his feet. And he besought him greatly, saying, My little daughter lieth at the point of death. I pray thee, come and lay thy hands on her, that she may be healed, and she shall live. And Jesus went with him, and much people followed him and thronged him. And a certain woman, which had the issue of blood twelve years, and had suffered many things, many physicians, and had spent all she had, and was nothing bettered, but rather grew worse. And when she heard of Jesus, when she heard of Jesus, came in the press behind and touched his garment, for she said, If I may touch his clothes, I shall be whole. And straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that virtue had gone out of him, turned with him about in the press and said, Who touched my clothes? And his disciples said unto him, Thou seest the multitude thronging thee, and sayest thou who touched me? And he looked round about to see her that had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her, came and fell down before him and told him all the truth. And he said unto her, Daughter, thy faith had made thee whole. Go in peace, and be whole of thy plague. While he yet spake, there came from the ruler of the synagogue's house certain which said, Thy daughter is dead. Why trouble thy master any further? Please note, I want you to think about this situation for, for a second. Usually everybody focuses on the woman with the blood issue and her great faith. But I want you to think about this ruler who come out of the synagogue. He's begging Jesus to please hurry. Please come and lay your hands on my daughter who's about to die. Right? There's not much time. And Jesus agrees and they start to make their way. And then this incident with the woman with the blood happens and Jesus stops. And he starts asking questions and dealing with this situation. Try to put yourself in that man's shoes. Here you want Jesus to hurry up. Please come quickly. My daughter doesn't have much time. And Jesus gets distracted with this woman and starts bothering with this issue, asking around, what's, you know, who touched me? Yada, yada, yada. Meanwhile, you know your daughter doesn't have much time left. And then finally, when all this issue is over with the woman with the blood, you get word from your servants, don't bother the master anymore. Your daughter is dead. Try to imagine that situation. Here you believed. He believed Jesus was 
was able to and he agrees to, but then he gets distracted with this other scenario that's happening. And while that's going on, your daughter dies. What kind of faith do you have? As soon as Jesus heard the word, verse 36, that was spoken, he saith unto the ruler of the synagogue, Be not afraid, only believe. And he suffered no man to follow him, save Peter and James and John, the brother of James. And he cometh to the house of the ruler of the synagogue, and he seeth the tumult, and them that wept and wallowed greatly, wailed greatly. And when he had come in, he saith unto them, Why make ye this ado, and weep? The damsel is not dead, but sleepeth. And they laughed him, laughed him to scorn. But when he had put them all out, he taketh the father and the mother and the, of the damsel and them that were with him, and entereth in where the damsel was laying. And he took the damsel by the hand, and he said unto her, Talitha kumi, which is, being interpreted, Damsel, I say unto thee, Arise. And straight away the damsel rose and walked, for she was of the age of twelve years, and they were astonished with a great astonishment. And he charged them straight away that no man should know it, and commanded that something should be given to her to eat. And that is the end of chapter 4 and 5. A lot of things happened in these two chapters. You have the parable of the sower. You have the man possessed by devils. You have the woman healed of blood of a plague that she had for 12 years. And the healing of this girl who had died. In one instance he tells the man, go tell your friends what God has done for you. And in this instance he tells them, don't say anything. Lots of things to think about and to ask yourself about. And uh, my goal is never, not really to provide all the answers, but to provide the questions. Because the questions are what cause people who really care about God's Word and knowing God deeper to go and dig and research and try to figure it out. And so I hope that's what's being stirred within you this morning. I pray that your hearts have been pierced and that you've been caused to draw ever more closely to God and to His Son, Jesus. Thank you for listening to the podcast. Thank you for supporting it. Thank you for praying for it. I'm very, very grateful. Lord willing, I'll be back with you on Wednesday as we continue uh, our studies for this week. Peace and grace be with all of you. And until next time, God bless.